On his Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas, Campus Confidential coming up. Ed Werder now joining us on the Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Ed, uh, hope you enjoyed your uh, Super Bowl viewing. Uh, I, I don't know if you were like me. I just felt really let down last night because it was great, great game. I don't want to complain about that, but I did want that last. I got greedy. And I wanted that. La- I wanted Jalen Hurts to get one, uh, get a crack at that thing late. Did you? Did you kind of have that similar feeling after uh, after watching what was a uh, tremendous back and forth game? Well, first of all, let me correct you on one thing, or state for the record, one thing that you mentioned in in that setup, and people who listen to the Doomsday podcast that we do together will already know this. As you should, I'm nothing like you. That's that's the first thing you said. If you're anything like me, so I want I want to set the record straight on that. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I guess I guess it was it didn't seem like a real egregious foul, and for it to occur at such a momentum momentous part of the game and and and, and go a long way in deciding the outcome, uh, yeah, that that was that was unfortunate. Um, especially when we were just reminded, you know, three days ago by Commissioner Roger Goodell that officiating has never been better. I just thought that was the wrong way to decide uh, what had the makings of an all-time great championship finish. Um, at the same time, James Bradbury admitted after the game in the <laughs> locker room that he committed the foul. And so Carl Sheppers, as he explained to the pool reporter afterward, you know, it was a foul. Uh, we saw it as a foul, and we don't go into determining whether we're throwing a flag based on what point of the game it is or what's at stake in that particular moment. So I guess the call was justified considering all of those things, but still seemed like an unfortunate end to such a great game. And if uh, I just I wish we could convince these guys to go ahead and step in the end zone. It was a very heads-up play by Jarek McKinnon. Uh, it is interesting, though, Ed, you know, in a tie ball game, I mean, that is a – and with a kicker that's been a little iffy on some kicks, that's an interesting deal. Who do we blame this on? Like, an e- wasn't there an Eagles running back against the Cowboys a few years ago that kind of stopped around the, 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 the one-yard line and, and fell down to run out the clock? I feel like some of this we can track back to, to him. That would have been about, like, you know, nine or ten years ago. Well, there was a Deshaun Jackson play where he celebrated prematurely and gave up the ball <laughs> That's before true. he crossed the goal line when he was with the Eagles. It cost them a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was that's what and that's what I'm talking about. It's such a great game, you know, to both teams playing at a really high level, especially the offenses. And at the end of the game, you got guys trying to give up a touchdown to an opponent who won't take it. And you know, Patrick Mahomes instead of trying to make a play, he's taking a knee to set up you know, Buckner's field goal attempt. And you're right, he missed earlier in the game, but I don't think it was much of a chance of him missing from that distance unless he suddenly, uh, his body were, you know, taken over by Brett Maher uh, or he slipped on the painted part of the field or something like that. But like I said, it was, I I think we want to see these guys playing at their best when the game's being decided. And that's not what we got in the last two minutes of that game. But then I guess we can blame it all on James Bradbury. (laughs) <laughs> I squeezed off a Maher um, joke at my watch party, uh, Ed, 
which I attended. I didn't host it, but I attended, and I in that moment it got kind of quiet. Anything you attend is yours. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm just Anything saying you, that. Any party you attend automatically becomes your party. I don't want you to think I hosted something and didn't invite you. Exactly uh, so I, I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to, to say I was over at the Blomberg's house watching this. But I squeezed off a Maher joke. It was a well-timed, and I said, there is a chance he could Maher this. And, and it kind of it got a pretty good response. I just want to yeah. I wanted to say that. Well, we used to we used to talk about Vanderjacking the kicks, right? Like Mrs. <laughs> the left, only Vanderjacked it. You know? Vanderjet and Bill Parcells. Now that was a pair. If there ever was uh, a, a duo, and um, I, boy, he had. You remember that one year he had trouble with some kickers, Marty Gramatica. I mean, there were there were there were several kickers that came through, and boy, Bill was not liking them, and he didn't care for the cockiest kicker of all, Mike Vanderjet, who was one of the great, most accurate kickers of all time, uh, until he showed up and tried to kick for the Cowboys. I think public enemy number one for the Cowboys when Bill Parcells was there was Terrell Owens, and public enemy number two uh, was Vanderjack. <laughs> Ed Werder joining us from ESPN on the Matt Mosley uh, show, ESPN Central Texas. What about this Eagles defense, the vaunted pass rush? Um, man, we they had this record-setting season, and then the, to get into a game like that and not be able to really – I mean, the Chiefs did a great job of protecting Mahomes – um, what, did, what did you make of that? I mean, we, we were kind of ready to see the Eagles do what they'd done much of the season. And what do you make of them maybe not having to have faced great time, teams, like leading up to this game, that whole theory? You know, obviously yeah, yeah. San Francisco was compromised when they played the Eagles. Do you think that played a role in this? Well, they, they didn't play great teams because – most of the great teams are in the AFC and the chiefs yes. played all of those teams. You know, they played Cincinnati, they played mm-hmm. Buffalo. Uh, and so they've, they've played better quarterbacks or, or high level quarterbacks on a regular basis. And the Eagles have not been in that situation, but you know, one of the things that, and it is surprising that the Eagles, given what they'd accomplished during the season, you know, as a pass rush group, I mean, the first team in NFL history to have six different players with 10 or more sacks, uh, coming into the Super Bowl as a first team with 70 sacks in the regular season and playoffs and then not getting any, I think it speaks to um, just, you know, the Chiefs, when they lost that game to Tampa Bay, they, they remade their offensive line after that Super Bowl loss when Mahomes was sacked and pressured like 29 times, a Super Bowl record. And they remade their offensive line two years ago. Uh, they transformed their offense this year when they traded Tyreek Hill, but I think it would, it just really speaks to the coaching and the preparation and Mahomes being able to get the ball out of his hands, Mahomes being able to manipulate the pocket, get himself out of trouble. I mean, he was pressured 11 times in the game, and last night was the sixth time that he's been pressured 10 or more times and not been sacked in a game. That's the most in the NFL. No other quarterback has more than four games like that. Um, so, it was a lot of different things, and maybe the you know slippery issue on the field had something to do with really negating the pass rushes on both sides. Both teams had really good pass rushes coming into the game, and neither dominated that aspect of the game, and the offenses obviously took full advantage. Um, but I, I think that had something to do with it, but I certainly thought going into the game 
that the the Eagles were the better team, um, and 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 where they had the biggest advantage was that they were a great defensive team, and the Chiefs really were not a great defensive team. But that's not exactly how it played out. Mahomes had, you know, obviously the 65-yard punt return by Tony paid huge dividends and gave Mahomes a short field. Kansas City got a defensive touchdown. They almost never lose when Mahomes is a quarterback. They get a defensive touchdown. So it was really they they won all three phases of the game when you consider, you know, the defensive touchdown, the special team setting up a touchdown with the 65-yard uh, punt return by Tony. So. It's, I guess under those circumstances, it's not entirely surprising that Kansas City was able to, to win the game. Isn't it interesting, though, the firepower? You were talking about Tyreek Hill. They've got, they've got um, MVS, the man we call MVS. they got Smith-Schuster. Kadarius Toney obviously make, made huge plays in this game, but it's not like they brought in this huge front line. We talk about with the Cowboys, oh, man, without Amari Cooper. Then they had to go get T.Y. Hilton. And, and C.D., in a lot of respects, was sort of by himself. But, boy, it does speak, doesn't it, to Andy Reid and the greatness of his quarterback in Mahomes. That, and, of course, Kelsey's a generational tight end talent. Right. Let's, right. Let's, we've got to mention that. But with, with the Cowboys were always like, oh, man, they're missing this. Or, oh, if they had more five power at, at wide receiver. And, really, the Chiefs have proved proven that they can kind of bring – Anybody in there at wide receiver. I mean, Tyreek was unbelievable, but they they honestly didn't miss a beat without him. And, and it's well, not like this is an overpowering wide receiver core. That's that's the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, and it's mm-hmm. the difference between uh, Patrick Mahomes and a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the NFL who have been very successful. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they, the Packers traded Devontae Adams. Uh, look what happened to the Packers and their offense and their quarterback. Uh, in the offseason, the um, Titans traded A.J. Brown, who we saw in the game last night, score a touchdown uh, for the Eagles. Look what happened to Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. They made the playoffs, but with a losing record. And so, and, and then you have, as you mentioned, what happened with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Uh, they weren't the offensive team that they had been in previous years. Kansas City lost the best deep receiver in football. Um, I mean, he and, and Kelsey and Mahomes were the best threesome in all of football in terms of passing game, touchdowns, offensive productivity. I think 84% of Mahomes' touchdowns had come with both of those players on the field. So to take him away and not really replace him with a similar type of player really just speaks to you know, the great imagination of Andy Reid and the ability to adjust Patrick Mahomes. Like, Mahomes completely changed as a quarterback. They didn't have any touchdowns down the field. He had one touchdown of more than 20 yards this year. He had he led the NFL in touchdown passes to his tight ends and his running backs. That's how dramatically they changed their offensive approach in one year, and they did it and won a Super Bowl and still and went in as the AFC's number one team. They played all their playoff games at home again. Isn't it amazing to watch Mahomes down there, to your point, like some of those routes and things that they do? I mean, they're sort of genius in their simplicity. I mean, you're basically running a guy, you know, it looks like you're going to motion him, and then you rip him back to the other side of the field. And, like, how many times do they, 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 do, they do something and it's like, wait, why is that guy absolutely wide open? And yet they just do it better than anybody in football. I mean, Mahomes, where do you have Mahomes 
Ed now in your mind? I mean, he's the greatest uh, quarterback going right now, currently. But, I mean, just even thinking about through the ages, with his second Super Bowl, they go to the AFC title game on an annual basis. I mean, this guy is headed toward um, – I mean, it, it, he's already there. He's already a Hall of Famer. It's just scary to think, Ed, how many years he has left. Um, well, I mean, and, if he, and he – Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's played five years as a starting quarterback. He's been to three Super Bowls already. He's had two Super Bowl wins, the MVP both times. He's been the league MVP twice. Um, he's had, been in five AFC championship games in five years as a starter. He's been the offensive player of the year in the NFL. His, the Chiefs have won 12 or more games every year he's been the starter. I mean, yeah, this is like if anybody's going to break any of Tom Brady's records, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. He, he's that much better or that much further along at the similar juncture of his career than Josh Allen in Buffalo or Joe Burrow or, you know, Lamar Jackson or any other quarterback that you want to put in there as a young up-and-coming you know, dominant player of the current generation. So to me, he's like, for, for, for the longest time, it was, you know, Joe Montana. Well, now it's got to be Tom Brady one, and it's got to be Joe Montana two. And Patrick Mahomes is probably three, even though he's only won half as many Super Bowls as Terry Bradshaw. And he hasn't won as many yet as Troy Aikman. I think it's pretty clear that's an inevitability with Patrick Mahomes. All right. I, I want you to get your grandkids to – um, I don't know if you're going to do Disney World or Disneyland. You're more of a well. You like you like both places. You like California and Florida, but uh, I was just looking at you retweeting Patrick Mahomes with his family at Disneyland. Ed, the only thing I worry about you've you've given so many of your uh, ESPN Disney passes to me over the years. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping your grandkids still have a few. Uh, passes i mean my daughter and of course i was at espn for those years and so her early years i had all the passes and then ed i kind of had to start leaning on you so ed you you feel like you still have some passes perhaps if you need them to take uh henry and delilah to the uh to 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 one of the the disney parks uh, i do feel like that at the moment and i prefer the weather in california if i got to stand in line even if i'm having a a VIP experience that I would I would certainly hope I qualify for after 25 years as a Disney employee. Um, but in Florida, they have the Marvel Adventure, you know, comic group and the Adventure Park out there. And Henry's a big Avengers guy, Captain America, the whole deal. So I think he'd kind of rather go there. But I think I better probably get this done in the short term, not not before they're too old, but before I'm too far gone. <laughs> That's right. Never know about this place. But uh, keep Animal Kingdom in mind as a place to stay, Ed. That fits under our Disney resort packages and all of that. And so for half price, uh, you can wake up to, like, giraffes and everything, like, right outside your window at that particular resort. So I want you to keep that in mind. And these animals are like, they're not like the Dallas Zoo where they're always escaping. They they stay out there kind of like where they're supposed to stay. The Dallas Zoo where you can go and take one home, take your favorite animal home if you like. Yeah, I mean, you can even leave on a dart that. train. Yeah, you can leave on <laughs> dart with two with two exotic monkeys. Yeah, that's uh, that has been an interesting story to say the least. And a snow leopard. 
That guy, the same guy cut a hole in the fence and let a snow leopard out of there. And, and, and good to know, snow leopards will not harm humans. All right. And but, apparently uh, they won't leave easily. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. So that's been, that's been interesting. And I appreciate it. I've been out on doomsday business today. I was uh, visiting with a potential investor. And I did think about you, though. I thought, golly, it would be fun to have Ed on the day after the Super Bowl. It kind of that kind of locked me into thinking about you, and um, yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Well, I think I could have brought more value if I'd have been at the investor meeting than just appearing on your show, but that's for you to decide, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a fair point. All right, I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon, Ed. All right, Matt. See you later, buddy. <laughs> okay, Bye. Ed Order of of Doomsday Podcast fame with me and longtime friend from ESPN. And uh, always good to catch up with Ed because he has a lot of interesting takes on everything.